So today, we're talking about baptism. We're so excited to have seven, uh, seven folks here doing that and um, excited that they're taking their next step of baptism, going public with their faith. Um, but, but really, what it's, a, lot of times, you know, a lot of times in church world, we forget that really what's behind the symbolic nature of certain events. The church has two major ordinances, uh, just kind of the big C church, which is baptism and the Lord's Supper, which is practicing communion. And we take, you know, we take communion uh, every month together on the first Sunday of every month, but we also do baptism twice a year, typically on fe- in February time frame in August. And what we like to do is just remind us, okay, wh- what is behind the symbolic nature of that? And really what baptism is, baptism is, is, is the public announcement of a life change. And so what you're going to see through, for, from seven people today is their public announcement that Jesus has, in fact, changed their life and that, and that he, they, were, they were once dead, but because of Christ and his gospel, they are now made alive. And that's a joyous celebration that we all need to participate in for everybody. And it's something that we all need to take a step in because that's, all, that's, that's the story of our faith. It's the story of our journey as we are growing closer together as a church and moving towards Christ. And so as we do that, as, as, as these folks ch- take their pu- make their public declaration that they are a life changed by Christ, we celebrate that because that's what we see Jesus constantly doing. Before Jesus leaves the earth, he says, this is my challenge to you. This is my commission to you, is to go disciple people and baptize them in my name. And so what we as a church is, we just, one of our core celebrations is, is baptism, and we celebrate that twice a year as we, as we engage in that. And so this is something that we all engage in, all have fun in. But often we forget, really, when you identify with the, the faith community, when you're identifying with the church to say, I'm a part of the community here through baptism, what you're doing is you're, you're announcing that there's some changes that have happened in your life. And, and these are the changes that even Jesus um, experienced uh, experience this back and forth with God at his baptism. And we remember that, that Jesus is, is setting a pattern for us. The pattern that Jesus has in his baptism is ultimately what he's declaring to us that he has done in us through his uh, life, death, and resurrection. So I love this story in Mark chapter 1 where we begin to see Jesus' baptism. So if you want to grab your Bibles that were on your seat there, or you can hop on your phone, uh, we're just going to spend just a few minutes together in Mark chapter 1, which is page 829, which is page 829, Um, and we're going to be in the New Living Translation together. Um, if you, this is your first time and you don't currently have a Bible, this is our gift to you. Uh, so go ahead and take that. Um, and then if you're here each week, uh, don't steal, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but seriously, leave it. <laughs> anyway, Mark chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. We're going to read about Jesus' baptism together and just spend a few minutes um, on identifying with the faith community. Verse 9, this is what uh, Mark says. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days, and he was among the wild animals, and angels took care of him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. The moment of Jesus' baptism, what he's doing is is, establishing this moment of the Trinity being present on earth. 
And so if you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you notice what's happening there is that Jesus is there getting baptized, that God is declaring um, an identity upon him, and then the Spirit ascends like a dove. And it's one of the, the moments, one of kind of the catalyst moments of the New Testament where the creation narrative is bringing its way into today. And so you're, you see Jesus is, is a part of restoring all things through his life, his death, and his resurrection, that God is doing that through Jesus um, and that the Spirit is ascending onto the earth like a dove. And so he's a part of us. He's present within us. And so you see this happening. It's establishing this completely new set, uh, this completely new way of life, this completely new pattern to, way, to the way life should be. And so you see the Trinity being this first start, starting point for this to happen. But what, what I love about this story is really the declarations that God gives to Jesus at this moment. You often think about Jesus you know, not really needing anything, right? You often think about Jesus not really being, not, not, you think of him being the starting point, which he is, of course. But you see this moment where there's actually an interchange between him and his father that, if, that really changes everything about the way that we should think about ourselves. When you are beginning to follow Christ and you identify with him, and through baptism you make this public declaration, you're really gonna see three things that change. I don't know if you were anything like me, but when I was growing up, I grew up in church, and I was doing my best to be a good church kid, and, and, uh, but really, I just didn't really know what I was supposed to be experiencing for a long time until I got a little bit older and realizing there were certain things that were changing as I began to declare my, my, my Christianity and started following Christ in a public way. I started to see things change as I started to pursue him meaningfully. But for a long time, I didn't know really, I didn't have any language about what should be changing as I follow him. But I think what you see here is three things that God is doing um, and, and is, is changing in us as we begin to identify with him through baptism. Number one, the thing that you're going to see change is going to be your identity. So when you follow Jesus, it changes your identity. Look, look at what God says even to his son Jesus. He says, you are my child. You are my child. And your identity in Christ is ultimately what serves and, and propels you into the world. Often, the church world, I don't think we do a very good job of teaching people the identity that they have in Christ. We often teach people what they should do in order to grow. We often teach people what they should be a part of in order to make a difference. We often remind people of their purpose and of their community, but we forget that, they, that, that every one of us has had a changed identity because we are now following Jesus. This is what I love about this is that it says no matter what, Jesus hasn't even done anything in public ministry at this point. This is literally the catalyst moment. He's gonna start his public ministry. And it starts off with this announcement that you are my child. See, for many of us, we have our identity wrapped up in much different things rather than the declaration by God that we are his child. We are a parent. We are a spouse. We are a full-time employee. When people ask you, so a lot of times to break the ice with people, often what, what, what we'll say is, hey, so what do you do? And often, as good Western Americans, our identity is, is wrapped up into the doing that we do every single day. And so we often take whatever the identity that we engage with on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and we find ourselves beginning to, uh, to wrap ourselves around that. But guess what? As you know, as well as I do, those things change. Your jobs change. Eventually, you're not gonna, eventually your, parents are, your parenting is going to change and your kids are going to move out. 
If there are things that perhaps you will move into a, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll move from your career into retirement and you'll enter into an entirely new season of your life. A lot of times, we talk to parents all the time, they make their whole life about kids' sports and then eventually the kid says, I don't want to play that anymore, right? And everything about their family dynamic changes. Your identity is not any of the things that you do, but it's really in who Christ is. And it's in your identity, it's this declaration that you are his child is what fuels you to live a healthy life in every area of your life. Because it's not based off what you do or you don't do, it's not based off your past, your potential future, or your current circumstances. God has declared this to you that if you say yes to him, you are an adopted son and daughter of God. And so when you have that fueling you, you will have a depth in life that you'll be able to engage with every area in a brand new way. So not only, not only does God declare, you are my child, but what, is, what does he go to next? He says, you are my child, I love you. He declares this love for, for Jesus. And you often remember, like if you ever engage with the Bible in a, like in a just kind of a logical manner, you're saying, of course God loves Jesus, right? Like of course, like it's Trinitarian. It's all, they're all engaging with each other. There's, of course there's a perfect love there going on, of course, but, but he says it. He declares it. And so what will also change is not only your identity, but it is your, is your desires. Many times pent up in our desires for things is this desire to be loved. We desire certain things to fill a hole of love that we're looking for, and this is what God declares to you, is that you are loved. Is that hole is filled because of Christ. And so your desires begin to change because when you're living from a place of love versus a place of deficiency, you'll begin to engage with with life with another certain depth. A lot of times if you you walk through life desiring this love, you're going to do things to try to acquire this love. But when you live from a life that is actually you are loved, you're in a spot where you can pour out instead of trying uh, trying to get poured into. That's what I love when I watch people that are living from this reality that you are an adopted son and daughter of God, that your identity is in Christ, and because of that, your desire now, instead of looking for love, you can actually pour love out. That's why Jesus says that we should love everyone just like he loved us. And so he says your desires can change because you're not looking for this love anymore, but it's been declared to you. You are loved. I love you. I was, I was talking about this in the 830 gathering, but we had a pastor friend that we were meeting with, and uh, his wife said, you know, every, every healthy human being really needs four hugs a day in order to be healthy. And we're like, that's what's wrong with the world today. That's right. That's what's wrong with the world today. We all need more hugs. And, but, I was often, but we were thinking about this idea that when you are constantly and consistently reminded that you are loved, it changes you. It changes you whether that's in your relationships with your spouse or your kids, your kids to you, whether it's at work or whatever. Don't hug people at work this week. That's, that's weird. Don't do that. <laughs> your probably HR department will get called quickly. But somehow communicate love to you in some way. I don't know. But, but in your work relationships and in, your, you know, in, in, your, in many of your relationships, this de- declaration of love because you are loved can change. And instead of looking for the deficiency, we often will look to how to pour in and solve it because we're living from a place of love. And so not only will your identity change, your desires will change. So God declares, you are my child and I love you. 
I don't know how many in here today actually need to hear that. But he does. He does love you. He's not looking for, to love you. He's not looking for reasons to love you. The Bible says there's nothing in us that we could even get that attention from him. But he has approved of you because of Christ. He says, I love you. So not only you are my child, not only I love you, but, but lastly, the thing that will change when you begin to identify with Christ and you go public with your faith and you take next steps to become more like him is your rhythms. Now, what I love about rhythms is that oftentimes when you start to follow Christ, you either go right to rhythms or you never get to rhythms. And so what you do is you say, okay, I'm, I, my identity is I'm a son and daughter of God. I know that he deeply loves me and he, and he loves me uniquely and it's this unique relationship that I have with him, but then we never change anything about our life. We go through our, our workplaces, we go through our, our hobbies, we go through our family, nothing changes. But then many of us, what we do is we say, okay, so Jesus loves me, so what do I do? And we forget to live from a place of love and forget to live from a place of identity. If you live just in rhythms and you're constantly changing everything about the way that you live your life so that you can please God, you will run out of fuel. You will run out of fuel because the gospel is not based off you and whether, whether or not you're doing a good job. The gospel base is based off Christ and his work. And it's because of his work that fills us that, that we're able to live differently. But many of us, we start on this rhythm stuff and then we realize, well, we're all stressed out. We're all stressed out because we, we're trying to make our life perfectly and trying to get this pleasure, to, trying to please this God that, that ultimately maybe one day he'll smile upon us. And that really is nothing but poor religious activity. But many, of us, we for, but many of us, we forget to go there. We say, man, I just love worshiping and I just love reminding myself that God loves me. I just love this place of acceptance upon God. But then you look at, look at your life and it looks no different than, when you be, than before you've started following Christ. What I love about when people get baptized is that they share their story. Here's my life before Christ. Here's my life after Christ. Here's all the ways that sin just controlled me. And here's all the ways that now Christ is redeeming me. What I love about this declaration that God gives to Jesus, it says, you are my child, I love you, and I'm pleased with you. When was the last time someone looked you in the eye and said, man, I'm so proud of you? I'm so proud of you. This is God's statement to you today. I'm pleased with you. See, many of us, we... We are looking in our rhythms to satisfy this deficiency of, pr of pride. And it's either we are solving it with our own pride or we're looking for the attention from somebody else. But this is what God says to you today. I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. You don't need to change everything ab about making, trying to get everything about, like, trying to get every, my, every little minute of my attention. You don't have to be, you know, it's like the little kid that's constantly like getting everyone's attention because he doesn't feel like he has enough. Like you're, you don't have to be that because I love you. You are my child and I'm so, so proud of you. And I think when you live from there, everything about you changes. You begin to heal in ways that you might have never thought you could heal in. Like if, if you look about your life and all of the brokenness that we have encountered over the course of our life, if we simply had the God of the universe sitting down next to us and saying, hey, you know what, buddy? I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. You're my kid. 
I'm so excited about everything that's happening in you. That might begin to heal us in ways that completely change us. See, many times when we're living this life of, of trying to follow Christ, we think, oh, you know, we just, we just need to get up and do it. We need to pull up our bootstraps. We need to try a little bit harder. But even Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, needs to be reminded about his identity in Christ. And so do we as his followers. Your identity is a son and daughter. He's pleased with you and he loves you. And when we see baptisms, it's a public declaration that that has changed their life. And so today we get to celebrate watching seven people make that choice today. It's exciting. It's a lot of fun.